Are you ready? Are you ready for weather? Are you ready for the winter? Uh, certainly in October, we start thinking like animals, don't we? I do. And I'm, I'm ready for that first, I think it happens uh, usually about usually about November 7th. All my life, I always made sure that I went to the Royal Winter Fair. I love horses. And it was always about the first week when the Royal Winter Fair starts that I wore my winter coat for the first time. So we know that that is really not far away. But as we think about winter, we have to be thinking about it as another way. I sure am. Look at what happened as I was there when Hurricane Fiona hit Prince Edward Island. In Prince Edward Island right now, there are about 2,000 homes and businesses that still don't have power. You know, I was watching the, the meter through the day today, and they would, you know, 40 would go up after a couple of hours, inch by inch, bit by bit. And it has people a little bit alarmed and concerned. It's 19 days after that hurricane struck. And some of these people, they are not in the wild mountains of wherever, in the Great White North. Some of these people were in Charlottetown, the big smoke, the big city in Prince Edward Island. And it also, as I said, as I began the show, reminded me there are times where in in Ontario and in the big city of Toronto, if you get two storms back to back, it happened not long ago, that there isn't enough to clean up. So you just say, are we prepared for this? Whether it's removing snow, whether it's dealing with hydro, because it can certainly in the winter mean, let's face it, life and death. In in the summer, it's about refrigerators and freezers. In the winter, it is about trying to even stay warm. Ryan Ness is joining us as we begin here, Director of Adaptation Research with the Canadian Climate Institute. Ryan, good evening. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Are we adapting? I kind of don't think so. I saw it uh, firsthand in PEI. People were warned and knew this was going to affect the coast and everything, but a lot of people just look so shocked, Ryan. Yeah, we've been you know, picking away at adapting as a country for you know a decade or, or more, but we really haven't been doing it at the pace that corresponds with the scale at which climate change is putting us at, at more and more risk. And now we're starting to, to see that gap between our preparedness and the reality of, of a harsher and, and more volatile climate than we've ever seen before. What are you thinking when you see the recovery in Atlantic Canada, when you see in PEI? I mean, they know how to put power on. They get a lot of winter storms, but the people had to be brought in from different provinces. Ontario sent people. And another group just came, I think, from Ontario. What are you thinking, Ryan? I think I think it speaks to the fact that these are disasters, these are, are climate events and weather events of a scale and a ferocity that we just haven't ex- experienced before. So we're not we're not prepared for them when they happen. You know, we can we sort of plan around uh, what we've experienced in the past. That's sort of what humans do: mm-hmm. um, look at the past and, and plan for the future. But we know with climate change that the the climate of the past is not going to be the climate of the, of, of the future. And we need more and more to be planning against the climate of, you know, 2050, 2080, rather than the climate of, of 1970. Uh, if we're going to, to make ourselves resilient to the, to the new climate, to the new weather, that's going to be Canada's reality. You know, uh, governments like to respond and governments like to show uh, physically that they've done something and we have this federal disaster adaptation fund. And we, we now know 
that it was supposed to be lasting uh, 10 years, but it's um, it's half spent already. And you and I are sitting here tonight talking about how we have not adapted yet. Our, our government's doing their part. It's one thing to wag your finger and warn. It's another thing to get real. Like you said, I mean, we've had such a conversation about infrastructure. It was so surprising to people that we needed new stuff, that it was aging, and it happened decades and decades ago. And now we need infrastructure that deals with this change in the weather. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're all sort of playing catch-up. The, you know, the government of, of Canada put big, dollars on the table, or at least what seemed like big dollars at the time, you know, at that in 2018, $2 billion over 10 years, you know, it, it seems like a lot, but, but as you say, the, um, you know, municipalities, cities and towns uh, across the country are realizing the, the vulnerability that they have, the, the risk that they're under uh, from a change in climate. So as soon as they saw an opportunity to fund some of the things that they don't otherwise have the resources to build, like like dams, like seawalls, like new storm sewers, like you know more resilient bridges that can handle more flooding, um, you know they they snapped up every dollar that was available. You know the the the, the number of applications that the the dollar value of the applications far exceeded the available money. Uh, in the program, and even after the government re-upped with another almost one and a half billion, um, you know, we're still finding that it's it's not going to be enough to meet the needs. So the, the again, it's a it's a, uh, an illustration of the gap between the level of effort we're putting into adaptation and the amount of effort that we need to get ready. Is the word strategy we used it a lot? I certainly found I was using it more in interviews during the pandemic, because we were so grateful. We learned, okay, there's money, there's a fund there, but what's the strategy? It should be going like a heat-seeking missile at the things that we need, the bridges and the approaches here. Is part of the wake-up call, the government getting a very, very pointed strategy. Absolutely. And, and you know, until, until very recently, I mean, we still don't, we still don't have a national adaptation strategy as a country. It's one of the last sort of of the the wealthy western countries that doesn't have a, a strategy that lays out what we think the big risks of a continually changing climate are going to be for Canada and how we're going to respond um the good news is uh, the government of Canada is planning to put out Canada's first national adaptation strategy this fall um there's a lot of people watching a lot of expectation that that, that strategy will go beyond just just saying climate change is coming for us uh there are big risks and big big challenges uh hope a lot of those people are hoping including us that there will be important new commitments not just funding but but doing things getting flooding flood line mapping floodplain mapping um changing changing building codes or increasing the speed at which building codes are changed to take into account new climate conditions um so you know look for that in late october early november and and let's all hope that it it really uh moves the yardsticks down the field when it comes to adaptation in canada you know i found a map i looked at it in the fall and i think it's for all of canada and i looked at it in some of the coastal regions in in the winter time to see where the flooding risk was and i looked in in the area in pei you know it's amazing uh, the red area all was affected from the storm surge from Fiona, and it was a projected red area. The moderate risk area, the storm surge came and even surpassed that. 
So they're great, but things are probably the one you're talking about will be adjusted. Uh, this one just came out in 2021. However, uh, clearly there's drones and new data that can show us just how fast this is happening. And, and you know, 2021 is a very, very new flood map for, for yeah. Canada. Yeah. The, the study done not too long ago found that the average age um, – of, of a flood map in Canada was, was more than 20 years, I think perhaps approaching 30 years. So, you know, those are, <clears throat> those maps reflect again, the, the climate of the past and, and they need to be updated, not just to be up to date for now, but to look forward, you know, sea levels are, are going to rise. Um, we're going to get more frequent, uh, intense rainfall. That's going to cause rivers to flood to, to, to levels uh, unforeseen much more often. And, and the flood maps that we have need to be able to tell us where that future risk might be. Ryan Ness, thank you. Director of Adaptation Research with the Canadian Climate Institute. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you very much. I'm Arlene Bond, and this is On Point.